Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan, here with Kyle Petty, who I've already got laughing. Oh, yeah. Listen, <laughs> it's, it's like, let's get Kyle on here. Let's do it again. <laughs> All right, so that's good. I appreciate you being here. Yep, thank you. We always love you being on here. And Atlanta Motor Speedway, we're going to get to the race. It was, I thought, fantastic. A lot of great storylines that we're going to touch on. But first, we were just talking about Chase Elliott's mustache. This past weekend, the winner yes. of the race had a Fu Manchu <laughs> Richard Petty King style mustache. And you and I were just talking. I thought it was a tribute to the 30 year anniversary of yep. the King's last race. But you have the answer for it. Yeah, us. listen, it, I, I did a question and answer with him before the before the race out on the front stretch. And he said it was a tip of the hat and a nod to Top Gun. So there, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, not only are they killing it at the box office, they're <laughs> killing it on Chase's face right now. Uh, that, that's the deal, uh, which totally caught me off guard. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it was totally that. caught me off yeah. guard. I mean, I would have. Uh, there was a lot of places I might would have gone, but that wouldn't have been it. Yeah, I believe Chase Elliott was born 10 years after the yes. original Top Gun came out. <laughs> so this obviously was a tribute to Rooster in the sequel and not Goose in the original. Yeah. All right, I'm glad we got that cleared up. Yes, and, I am too. Uh, and by the way, I want to give you another chance to brag on it in case people missed it. You sat down with Richard Petty, your dad, the king, uh, and Jeff Gordon last week. Yep. It's it's on the Motorsports on NBC YouTube yes, channel. Yes, it is. They, they talked about the 30-year anniversary of Gordon's first start, the King's final start, and I just want to give you a chance just to say, like, no. the King was still talking about it four days later. That's yeah, how it was. much yeah. it meant to him. Yeah, it, it, listen, it means it's hard to explain. Racers never quit racing. Uh, they yeah. qu they might quit driving, but they don't quit racing. And, and he and Jeff, they were just racing. You know, as we sat there and you, you were there, I mean, as you sit there and listen to him talk and talk about that race, they were back there. They were back to 92. You know, and Jeff talking about he didn't last long, how he felt, didn't realize what cars had to do. My dad talking about what cars did and what his car did and how it was. And uh, they had a mustache story in that one too. So that's, <laughs> that's a, that's right. a whole nother, you got to watch to figure <laughs> it's out. It's one what of the best parts of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I had forgotten, I, I, I promise you, I'm sitting there and I'd forgotten all about the money clips. You know, and I remember my dad waited until qualifying, had them all made. And then as soon as qualifying was over with, uh, Hayes Jewelers, uh, out of Lexington, they put your name on it. They put Gordon. Gordon started 21st, so it had Jeff Gordon 21st. And then they he had him flown down there, and they gave him out in the driver's meeting. And then the story of the 93 bucks uh, that he gave <laughs> Jeff uh, before his last <laughs> race. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff, you know. And, and, and for me, to see the respect between the two of them, yeah. that, that, that was the deal. That's what the sport needs in a lot of ways is respect. These guys need to respect each other again yeah. in, in a lot of ways. But that is that that was pretty cool. So it was I enjoyed it. Listen, 
I enjoy it. it was four or five easy questions, but they just went in at, at a thousand different directions, and they took. I, I love that part. It of was it. like half hour, just amazing sit down. You know, I expected because Jeff is such the classy yeah. ambassador. I expected him to really appreciate it. You could tell it was really special to me. He had this great moment yeah. at the end, in which he just turned to the king and just said, "Thank you for yep. paving the way for me and everybody else." Which is really touching. Yeah, it was. It was incredible. I mean, we were talking about it. Like your dad always, and he said this during the interview. He's not the most emotional guy. No. He's very stoic. So. 30 years removed from his last race, do you sense he's starting to appreciate it a little bit more? Do you, do you see yeah, it a little yeah, bit more? Yeah, he does. Okay. He, he does. You know, and um, listen, again, I'm his son. And I asked my sisters, uh, Sharon and Lisa, about this after the interview. I called both of them. And he said, you know, they, he wrecked. He went to the truck. He took off his uniform. And he and my mom and my three sisters sat there and cried. And I've never heard that story. Had never heard wow. that. You know, and I called my sisters. And they said, yeah. They said it was terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, uh, because for them, it was so emotional, you yeah. know? Yeah, I think I think now he's at that stage in life where where he appreciates um, he appreciates the sport. He appreciates what people have done to the sport. He appreciates guys like Jeff who move the needle, right. who move the sport to a different place. But he appreciates those moments. And listen, that, that day, and, and we touched on a little bit of it, and you could go so deep into it, you know? Allen wins the, the championship. He and Davey are gone within six or seven months. Right. Two guys contending, two future stars of this sport. Richard Petty leaves. Jeff Gordon shows up, arguably the last true owner-driver, and I will argue that it is the last <laughs> true argue, uh, owner-driver in, in, in Kawiki. And then the sport goes in the direction of Hendrick Motorsports, multi-car teams, uh, huge money, uh, TV contracts. I mean, it's just it, – it's like – and we talked about it. And, and, you know, it's it's not like it got to a crossroads. It just went, got to a point and just turned right and went in a totally different right. direction. Right. Uh, but you didn't see it at the time. But, but it's, no. it's easy to see in hindsight when you start peeling back the layers of that story. No, it's truly a watershed moment yes. in NASCAR history. It goes right up there with the 79 yeah. Daytona 500. Yes, it does. It's one of the five most important races in NASCAR history, I believe. And you should definitely check this out. Motorsports yeah. on NBC YouTube channel. Please, it was fun. Kyle's sit-down was amazing with the King and Gordon. So, Atlanta Motor Speedway, Chase Elliott wins. I want to start talking about the racetrack itself. I thought, great race, Kyle. 27 lead changes, not as many as they had in the first race on this reprofiled Super Speedway-style layout. But I thought still really compelling. A lot of different guys up front. The pack racing that we saw the first time and that Marcus Smith certainly was expecting. I'd missed the first one in person. so I wasn't there yeah. in March. So this is the first time I saw it in person. I watched a lot from the press box with Jeff Gluck. And <laughs> I thought it was sort of like Daytona and Talladega without the guilt. Yeah. In a way, if that makes sense. Like yeah. it had some big accidents, but even the guys who were involved in accidents, it didn't necessarily end your day. Yeah. So I was surprised how much I liked it. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't <laughs> love Talladega. No, I don't either. Your and takeaway, the new Same. Atlanta. Same. I, I was surprised how much I liked it early in the year because it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And I've been going to races a thousand years. Was it a super speedway race? Was it a mile and a half racetrack? What kind of race was it? I mean, what, what, it's this kind of track, but they're doing this. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like going to see a basketball game, but everybody breaks out their hockey uniforms and they start. It's a, it's a game, but it was different. And start to finish, lap to lap, probably it's got to be the best race all year long. From lap to lap, front to back. I mean, there was somebody racing all day long. Crossovers, inside line would move, outside line would move. And I really didn't think that was going to happen. Watching the Saturday race, as bad as those cars handled mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and the way those guys in the Xfinity series talked about it, 
uh, I thought, man, these guys come down here with a trimmed out unit. This is going to be, there's going to be sideways and backwards and elbows up, you know, but uh, man, they just stuck it in there and did it and, and drove. And it was, it was some great racing. And, and listen, when it got down to the, la- the, the end of the first segment, the end of the second segment, it got intense. Yeah. It got intense. Really there intense. were guys, there, there were guys like, oh, I'm 12th or 15th. Maybe I'll bail. I'm not going to get any points. And the next thing you know, they're 7th or 8th, you know. So you couldn't bail. You had to, you had to run. You couldn't run at the back and come, your, come back to the front. You had to be there. And I think you're right. Like, is it a super speedway race? I mean, I know it is in terms of it looks like one pack racing. But when I was watching it, I guess I just thought it would look more like what restrictor plate racing looks like. And somehow it just, it resembles <laughs> it, but it's not the but same. Not. I, I guess it's just yeah. the size of the, the track. That's just a mile less than Daytona and Talladega. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it is. So here's the thing. And, and I, I think this is the funny part is, you know, Daytona, basically, even though they, they, they narrowed this racetrack, and, and they talk about it. It's basically the same width as Daytona. Uh, it's about 40 foot wide. Yeah, but, right, but right. you don't use it all like you use at Daytona. You use every inch of Daytona. Because when you get to the corner, it's a sweep into the corner. And it's a gradual sweep and unloads and lets you out of the corner. Here, you get to the corner, you got to turn in. And when you get off, you gotta, you got to straighten it back up. You know, yeah. So it's, it's, you can't push through the corners because it's to, the angle is a bad angle. You know, at, at Daytona... Daytona is one of those places where it's almost like riding a motorcycle. You hang on the steering wheel. When you get to the first corner, you just lean. <laughs> and, it, and it takes you through the corners. And then it comes. You know, it's, yeah. it's not because it's that gradual. And that, you said it because you expected one thing, but it showed you something else. But what it showed you was entertaining. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like, oh, I'm, it's, yeah. this is not what I expected and I don't like it. It's like, this is not what I expected, but I'm really enjoying this. I mean, it was better because in Talladega, like I'm always just bracing myself, when, especially in the days. Yeah. They don't do it as much now, but when it used to be your days, really, yeah. like three wide, yeah. 10 deep, and one guy makes a bobble and 20... Five yeah. cars are wrecked. And I, I guess there's a possibility for that with this, but it didn't feel the same way when you watch no, it. No, it, it didn't. But, but here, and here's the other thing. The scenarios played out a lot faster yeah. at, at, at a place like this. Yeah. It's like, you know, here's a guy, and he's second or he's fifth, and you're watching him, and the next thing you know, he's back to 20th instantly or he's up to first instantly. It's not like watching guys gradually fall back or gradually come forward like you do at Daytona and Talladega. We were fortunate to sit on the Peacock pit box down – going into turn one and and i know it's not it's not the speeds they used to even run at atlanta but my god it it's, looks like they're running 250 miles an hour when they go by two wide or three wide and they make those quick moves to jump down and take the line away it's 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 listen it, they raced and that that's the best thing to say about it they raced all day long yeah it was uh like i said i thought really compelling and they had the winner that i think uh the crowd certainly yep. came to see Chase Elliott gets his first win at Atlanta Motor Speedway. We had Rutledge Wood in Dawsonville where they hooked up the siren to a, uh, I think it was a Toyota Corolla. Corolla. <laughs> Chase said it. These fans are ready. Let's hit that siren.
<laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> I, I mean, all these years I've heard about that, and it's like, and I, I, I guess I just expected somebody to go over and open a glass case and pull the handle down, right? And, right, and then, right. Wah, you know, what I mean, nope. You got to take the jumper cables and you put them on the battery right. there. Put them on the 2009 yeah. import car. Car, that's yeah. right. And and, <laughs> and let's, let's be honest, it's it's Dawsonville, so it's called a battery, not a battery. <laughs> okay, battery. it's a battery. So you put it on the battery and you fire that baby up, and that's that's the way. It was so it was pretty pretty exciting really so a special moment in Dawsonville yep. special moment for Chase yeah just been been a whirlwind uh, these are moments you wish you could bottle up and just you know kind of keep um, and unfortunately it just doesn't work like that but you know moments that um, are, are really special and near and dear to your heart like winning at, at your home track uh, a place that I've spent you know a ton of time at uh, as a kid racing on the quarter mile down here in Bandoleros and Legends and uh, a lot of trips between here in North Georgia um, up and down the road and, and just, uh, you know, kind of, you know, when you're a kid and you're racing on the quarter mile over there, you just, you look at this big track and it's like just, e you know, out of reach, you know, like not even real, just that, that your heroes are out there competing, you know, once or twice a year on, on this big track. And like, that's just not real. So to be here and, and to, you know, have, have a day like we had is, is really incredible. Um, and and certainly one I'm going to embrace and enjoy uh, a lot, you know, and, and um, obviously be ready to go to Loudon here in a few days. But th these wins are just too hard to too hard to come by, and especially when they're when they're as special as this one. You know, I've I've witnessed guys win at their home tracks, and you can always tell it means a lot to them. Uh, but until you start competing somewhere at a sports highest stage like this. I'm not sure you fully understand, you know, the the meaning of it and what what it could mean to you. So to be able to to have this moment um, is really special and and one I'm very grateful for. Chase was quite emotional. Yeah, he was. He just described his his day. What, what do you make of that? Yeah. I mean, I, I know and he's I, not an emotional guy. He's not emotional. No, yeah, he's yeah, he's kind of like we were talking he, about yeah, with he's the not king. An he's, guy. he's not that way at all. Yeah. I don't know if you have. I mean, I guess you went Rockingham. Yeah, and, and we talked about this. Chase and I talked about this yeah. again when when I found out about Maverick and and <laughs> and, I, and because I asked him, I said, you know, we don't play a sport where you have that home field advantage. Yeah, we don't play a sport where you play in front of your hometown people. I said, I, and I told him, I said, I was blessed. Martinsville was 60 or 70 miles. Rockingham was 60 or 70 miles. Those were our, our hometown racetracks because people we knew got to go there. This is your home court. And, and you know, and I asked him, I said, how many races did you win here on the quarter mile? And he said, you'd be surprised. I only won about 10 or 11. Hmm. And, and I, you know, I, the legend of Chase Elliott, I thought he had won like. <laughs> every a, single yeah, one. Yeah, every one of them. You know what I mean? Which that kind of caught me off guard. And, and I, I, I asked him, I said, you know, Austin Hill won yesterday. He's from Georgia. You know what I mean? It's got to be something special to win. And he said, I can only imagine what it would be like to win in Georgia. You know what I mean? And and he said, you know, we've come close, but we this is just not one of my tracks. Not yeah. one of my, he yeah. said, it was one of my dad's tracks, but it's not one of my tracks, you know? And he said, I, I'd like to get one. And that's kind of what he said. And then he goes out and gets it. But it, I, you could tell he, he had thought about it. It had been something that had crossed his mind on more than one occasion at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning uh, when you're laying there checking off that mental list of places you really want to do something at. Atlanta was one of them. And to be the four-time most popular driver yeah. and have that happen at your hometown track, yep. there's already such pressure and expectations on him. Can you relate, you know, the win at Rockingham, like what it feels like for a driver to win that hometown race? Yeah, you know what? It, it's like everybody already knows you. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, and 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 I I tell people this, and so I, I'll, I'll look, I'll say it this way, it's like 
if you grew up playing high school football or high school sports, you represented that team or that, that city. You know what I mean? You, were, you played for Randleman, man, you know, and <laughs> the guy at the barber shop was like, hey, what kind of team you guys going to have this year? You know what I mean? Yeah. And they felt pride in that. So they took that pride to the gas station and they took that pride to, you know, to the diner or the, cur- or, or the cafe or whatever. For Chase and, and for me, when in Rockingham, it was the same thing. The guy that run the, the BP station on the corner, he was like, yeah, you're our guy. You know what I mean? That, we pull for you because you live down the road. So it's that kind of thing. And, and you, you don't realize it when you're 18, 19, 20, but then you begin to notice it more and more. And he's at that stage and at that place where I'm sure he had been reminded of it enough times that, that he had. But it is to get that off your back and to get that out of the way, that is a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal for him. And the way he did it, hugely impressive. I think I heard you saying post-race, like his car might have been one of the only ones that didn't have a scratch yeah. on it. Yep. He had the best car. He had the fastest yep. car, but that isn't always a guarantee of success nope. at Super Speedway style racing. Jeff Gordon said that... I think it was pretty obvious early on, you know, when, when he could get up into those first couple rows, he had a, a, a car that if he made the right decisions and moves, he could he could get the, the to the lead and, and kind of control the race. So... Clearly, he had a lot of confidence in, in his car and, and, you know, in his abilities today. But, I mean, it's always a team effort. I know we say that all the time. But, um, I, 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 you know, even in victory lane, I, I looked at him and, and, you know, said some things to him that you don't always say. And it's just because he, he to me, gave me that feeling, all of us on the team, that feeling. Even, even on the box when it was all over, Alan Gustafson was immediately just going – how about that guy today? How about that guy today? So they, they clearly give a lot of credit to the job that, that Chase did today. He's an amazing super speedway racer. Yeah. Um, but I, I think here what I like about this track is that you've got the little bit of combination of super speedway and handling. And, and, and so I, I think it almost even plays a little bit better into somebody like Chase Elliott's hands and the way he, he likes race. But he's clearly all good on at Talladega and Daytona as well. Rick Hendricks said. He's a smart driver, yeah. really smart. He knows when to make the move. He doesn't, he doesn't you know, sometimes you're thinking, hey, it's, I think it's time to go, and he'll sit there, and then when he sees it, it's the right time he makes it. Very seldom does he make a mistake. Finally, his crew chief, Alan Gusman, said. There's not enough superlatives to say how good he is. I mean, he's just so good. He's so smart. He's such a great race car driver. Um, you know, he was doing a lot of things that uh, he's just one step ahead. The kid's super, super smart, really talented, can handle a lot of situations. We knew we needed to be the front of a lane. Um, I don't feel like it mattered as fast as our car what lane it was. We just needed to get to where somebody wasn't, you know, blocking our progress and him to be able to make that move on Martin was was amazing. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch if Martin slipped or, you know, he just kind of forced his way through there. But, yeah, he, he did great. I mean, he's, he's just uh, – he, 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 did, he did an amazing job, but he does every week. You know, he makes very few mistakes, and if he does, he's very quick to learn from them and improve. So, yeah, great talent and just a great person. And now he's got a first, second, first, Kyle, the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people saying today he's the championship favorite. How good was his performance of, at Atlanta, and how good do you think Chase Elliott is right now? So this is what I say. I, listen, his Speedway stuff is light years away from where it was when he first started uh, in, the, in the Cup Series. Uh, and how long has he been here now? Three or four years, four or five years, six years? Uh, believe it or not, this is this is year eight? No way. Uh, or, uh, um, year seven. He, yeah. Rookie year was 16. So, yeah, so, year, year seven. Dale G- I'll never forget Dale Jarrett and I sitting at Talladega watching him run, thinking if they had a driver in that car, they'd win the race. 
You know what I mean? His rookie season. Yeah, his yeah. rookie season. Because it was like, man, you got it. Yeah. You, you got the yeah. car. Yeah. We can see that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You just keep putting it in the wrong place. And, and it was easy to see that he was putting it in the wrong place. It, you know what I mean? And and you go back to Dover um, when he was going to uh, – who beat Oh, him yeah, Dover. Kyle Busch. Kyle 2017. Yeah, he had Kyle the big lead. He hadn't won yet. Hadn't and, won. And just yeah, and Kyle, pretty and much and gave and it away. You look at that and it's like, is this kid ever going to learn? <laughs> is it, You know what I mean? Is he yeah. ever going to get it? Because yeah. he's got the equipment, but is he going to get it? And it's like all of a sudden he got it, and when he got it, he has just honed in on it, and it gets better every week. And 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 it's funny because we were we talked a little bit about this. I was talking to 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 Jimmy and those guys, um, the stat guys. And and the thing is, going into Atlanta, Chase Elliott had led more laps this season at this point than any other season in his career. Okay, going into this place. He was leading the points. Okay, he's leading the regular season points. And, you know, he won a couple of races. He was right there at the top of the heap with two races. And nobody's talking about him because all we want to talk about is, are we going to get a new winner this week? <laughs> are we going to get another winner? Yeah. You know, it's his year has been overshadowed. Yeah. And he's just flown under the radar because nobody, the media doesn't talk about it. Right. All we talk about is, whoo. There's Tyler Reddick. He won a race. Ooh, there's Chase Briscoe. He won a race. All these, you know. So that's gotten lost. Yeah. Uh, and he's quietly put together, probably to this point, one of the greatest, se- the best seasons he's ever had. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you look at it and you take and, and you, you look back at that, then you say, oh, yeah, he's got to be a championship contender. But in typical the way we do things <laughs> – Whoever won last week is now the championship contender, so he's the championship. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, true, it's like true. Denny wins a race, and it's like, oh, my God, is Denny back in the in the hunt? Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? He's 20th yeah, in yeah. points. Kyle Busch wins number a race, one. and it's like, oh, yeah. he's our guy. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So, um, But I, I think you have to look at, at this point in the season where 10 races ago you, you were looking at him, and even the season he was having – you thought, man, this this guy's not in championship form. There's no way. Where, where's Chase Elliott? Yeah. And now it's like you look in hindsight at those ten races since that, and you say he is the guy. He is. He's the guy that just keeps putting it together, week in and week out, and making something happen when nothing. Kind of like Harvick did when Harvick won the championship. You you get a even when you have a bad day, you get a fifth. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? You get a yeah, fourth. Yeah. You get something yeah. like that, so it gives you something. Yeah, and it's weird to say about a four-time most popular driver, but you're right. Your point's really well taken, KP, that he doesn't call attention to himself. Yeah. He he has a crew chief in Alan Gustafson, same way, very low-key. They're not a team that really yeah. calls attention to themselves, which I guess maybe helps them a little yeah. bit. I mean, they, they don't seem to care that we're not talking about them, no. but you're right. Like, we probably should be talking about them a lot more than we have been for yeah. a team with three wins. Yeah, for I mean, for yeah, for a team with three wins that's leading the champion this leading this and lo- and look at all the the playoff points he picked up yesterday and stuff. Yeah. And, and both stages. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you start looking at that, I mean, he's just he's quietly just building that, building that, building that. And then all of a sudden, we're going to wake up on this side of the camera and go, "Oh my gosh. <laughs> where did Chase Elliott come from?" You know, but it's been happening gradually yeah. all along. So, I want to talk about the way Chase Elliott won. There's some quasi controversy about the final lap. I didn't think it was controversial at all, but Chase Elliott throws what he called a mega block on Corey LaJoy to win the race. And some people in social media world and, and elsewhere thought that it went beyond the bounds. Chase said, I mean, yeah, of course, I certainly expected that, you know, and, and uh, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You know, I mean, we're going for the win. Um, 
you know, for me in my situation, you know, I hate to throw a mega block like that. I had kind of shied away from that big block um, throughout the day. It always kind of given in, you know, at different points to a guy when they had that big of a run. Um, but, I mean, heck, run the last lap, like, if you let him go, one of two things can happen. Okay, you know, you, you choose the lane you want to lose in, and you, you hope that you have enough time to go and get him back. Or you throw a big block and hope you can stay in front of him. Problem is, you know, it can go one of two ways for you. you can, obviously, you can crash there throwing the big block. Uh, or you can try to be patient and wait, and then a crash happens behind you, and you've given up the lead, and caution comes out, and now the race is over. Um, so there, there, I don't know how you... I don't know how you know exactly what choice to make in that situation. I mean, a guy's coming with a massive run. Am I taking a chance of crashing when I threw it up in front of him? Absolutely. You know, but I just felt like I didn't, I didn't think I was going to get another shot at him if I let him, if I let him grab the lead right there in that situation. And, you know, I, I was able to defend the bottom side block and I felt more comfortable defending more aggressively up to the top. Uh, I thought that was a situation that I could win on. So, uh, fortunately, it worked out, but th those situations are impossible. I mean, I, you know, they might go right for you some, and they might not, and I don't really know how you know what's going to happen next to be able to make that choice. Corey LaJoy said, hey, everything's fair. You got you to win the race. It's uh, especially how much weight's on it, how much money's involved in it. You know, the, the paycheck I got for finishing fifth here the first race was one reason why I wasn't content to run fifth. It doesn't pay enough to run fifth. You got to win the race. Uh, so you got to block, you got to dump, you got to send it in there. And if you're in position and you don't make the move, then it's your fault because the next guy's going to do it. It was blocked. I mean, hey, it's the last lap of the race, man. Especially in front of Dawsonville's finest, you got to you got to just you got to go. For it. So, what was your impressions? The the, the final lap and the, the block that Chase Elliott threw on on Corey LaJoy trying to take the lead. Well, first I didn't see anything wrong with it. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't, and and I didn't even think it was a mega block. I just thought he like swiped at it, and. It was a block. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't as definitive. It wasn't as dramatic as blocks I've seen in the past. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that have taken out two thirds of the field. <laughs> okay, I will say that. <laughs> but it just wasn't. You know, and it's not. It's not the the Joey Logano controlling the pace of the race by doing this back and forth and radical moves like mm -hmm. this. He just kind of eased it up a lane. You know, eased it up a half a lane. And and the way it was, I guess the Corey got pushed by the 43 right, yeah i think right, he got pushed right, by the 43 right. trying, trying, and just had a run and chase went to the inside or moved over to the left as he come through the trial over there come by the start finish line moves to the left to tell Corey, i'm not gonna let you under me and, and Corey knew i couldn't go that way yeah. i only got one way around and Corey's going for his first win he's not going to back out you know what i mean so let's yeah. be honest on that one so I, I think they were they were very fortunate that more cars didn't get torn up. But at the same time, the leader is the leader. It's his race. You can do what you want to. I, I don't I don't care, man. That's the way it's always been for since the beginning of the time. I, I think since the first race they ever run. If you if your car's got a bumper out front, you're the leader. <laughs> that, that's your it's your lane, man. It's yeah. your lane. It's your track. You choose where you want to go and go from there. So I did not see anything wrong with that. I, I didn't. No, I didn't either. And I think most importantly, Corey LaJoy saw yeah. nothing wrong with it. But to Corey LaJoy's credit, uh, you know, he goes to Victory Lane, congratulates yep. Chase Elliott with class. I don't think that there's anything Corey LaJoy could have done no. really. Because again, Chase had the fastest car. When he took yeah. the lead, I don't think Corey has a way to hold him off. I think no. he made every right move up until that last lap. Yeah. I go back, and, and this is Kyle talking. 
and, and I say this, I don't think Chase wins the race if the 19 doesn't have, doesn't get loose and, and go up the racetrack because what you've got is you've got, you've got four cars and the nine is second in the outside lane. Okay. So when the 19 does this and comes through, the nine ends up as the leader of the lane. He gets, he gets a run. You know what I mean? Go back and watch that lap. Huh. Watch the next to last lap. Down in turns one and two. Watch the next to last lap. That's what puts him in position to get a run on Corey to pass Corey. It's when Ross, I think Ross, I think the 19 wiggled and Ross was there pushing because you got two cars that are damaged and they're running just as good as the seven and the nine in the outside lane. They're there. And when the, ni- when the one gets into him and makes him wiggle a little bit, uh, but he wiggled before the one got into him. And you didn't hear Truex get out and say, oh, he ran all over me, you know, whatever. But it, but it was, it, it, it opened that lane. And when it opened that lane, because it was going to be tough to win from fourth. If those guys, you were back to the Saturday race where Tyler Reddick said on the radio in the Saturday race, the only move to make is no move unless somebody makes a move. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they just rode around for the last five right. or six laps. And what was going to happen at Atlanta and those last few laps was you couldn't make a move from fourth or fifth or sixth that far back unless somebody in front of you made a move. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because there was no move to make because you were already pinned in. You were pinned next to the wall. You're pinned again. You're pinned next to the wall. You're in a box. You can't make a move. Yeah. And Corey LaJoy is trying to make those moves yeah. while running at the front, which he's not accustomed to do when he yeah. sort of admitted that. But again, I thought he acquitted himself quite yes. well. I yes, asked him did. afterward. Did you feel like you sent a message about how good a driver you are? I don't know. I mean, it's it's up to you guys to tell the story of how good of a driver I am, right? I mean, I can just, I, I've always been the type to try to let the results show. But, you know, when you pull up racing reference under Corey LaJoy's name, there's not a whole lot of stats to show for it just because every team I've driven for has been a sub-30 team in points when I've got there. I feel like I've made all of them better, and it's just impossible to uh, make uh, that much of a gain uh, against teams that are winning races. Uh, but that's why runs like these make it feel so good, and hopefully it pumps the guys up at the shop because those guys work their fingers to the bone. Um, it, yeah, it, it just sucks, but I wouldn't have changed a thing. And, and I'm, I'm actually more content seeing uh, the 7 in 21st wadded up than I would have been second or third if it wouldn't have worked out because I've been even more mad. But Rick Hendricks said, And if we couldn't win, I really wanted him to win. Uh, we do the motors for him. We share a lot of things with them. And he's a great guy, and I think a whole lot of, you know, Dickerson and those guys and, uh, you know, I, that was a Cinderella story, and I would have loved this if if we couldn't win. I, I wanted him to win because they he he drove a heck of a race and uh, did a heck of a job. He looked as good as anybody in this field out there today. That might have something to do with the fact that uh, Spire Motorsports runs Rick Hendrick uh, engines <laughs> and has a technical alliance. So there's a little bit yeah. of a yeah a little bit of a tie there. But I mean, still, does Corey LaJoy move up in stature a little bit based on this finish? I mean, he he lobbied at one point KP to try to get the 48 ride when Jimmy Johnson retired. So, does, does this help him long term? Do you think? So that's an excellent question, and I can answer that question, but I'm going to step on some toes. Okay. Okay. And and I, I I won't step on toes, but I'll say this: there are guys that have won Daytona and Talladega that struggled to drive their way out of a paper bag most other places. 
Okay. We're not naming names, no. in other words. No, yeah. but they're, but they're, they're <laughs> yeah. good race car drivers. Right. But they're great speedway racers. Yeah. But they're just good race car drivers. I was never a great speedway racer, so they're better than me there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was never a great race car driver on these <laughs> other ones. So, I, listen, yeah. I, I understand that. But they were, they were exceptional speedway racers. And I think Corey has proven he's an exceptional speedway racer. And I think Michael McDowell has proven he's an exceptional speedway racer. You know what I mean? And I think he's also an exceptional road racer. But, you know, that's, what, a third of the season, 25% of the season? I need – who's going to carry me the other 75% of the season? And that's where Corey has to prove himself. Yeah. That's where that's – where, that's what I want to see. I, I want to see you take that Spire Motorsports car and run in the top 10 at, at Martinsville. You know what I mean? Because we know. They're they're operating on a tenth of what Hendrick is operating on. Mm-hmm. You know, I looked up at one time, and you look at it, and there's Trackhouse, JGR, uh, Hendrick, and Spire. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, any any of that those other three teams spent more on dinner last night than Spire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Than yeah. Spire spent yeah. on yeah. Get, just because got, they have that many more. Because employees. they have that's right. Yeah. Because they have that. Yeah, yeah, right. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you look at the the position, and 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 hold a mirror up to it yeah. it's like hey, Corey LaJoy is a god for taking that car up there yeah and and running it I mean he, it looks exceptional and he is exceptional because he is an exceptional race car driver when we go to speedways but I, I'd like to see more someplace else yeah you know what I mean yeah, before I you can say okay yeah I'd hire that guy and is the jury always going to be out until he gets in top caliber equipment yeah or, it, or is. You, okay. it is yeah. but and 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 listen I know we're going to get to Ross Chastain <laughs> Um, yes, we are. But 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 uh, but let, let's look at Ross. Yeah. Let Ross drove for a who? Gosh, uh, it's like in Cup. He drove for like Premium Motorsports. Premium Motorsports. Johnny Sorry. Davis and Xfinity. Did you even know who he was? No. <laughs> no. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But because he didn't have the car, didn't didn't showcase yeah. his talents. Yeah. And I don't think that Corey's ever driven any car, a car that has showcased his talents. Yeah. Then been able to. You know what I mean? And and that's that's a plus for Corey because when I look at him, I say. Hmm, jury's still out because I don't know what you can do in a good car. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, so I, I think from an owner's perspective, an owner would be willing to gamble and, and look at it and say that. But at the same time, you know, I, cha- I, I go back to Ross. You know, Ross has been here six or seven years and run 130 or 40 races, whatever he's run his total. But he's really only been in a car the last year and a half. So Alex Bowman. You know, let's look yeah, at Alex Bowman. Example. Another I, great I example. I wouldn't have believed that he was going to win seven cup races. Uh, Alex Bowman gets in that 48 car, and yeah. everybody says, man, he's running for rookie of the year. He's been here six yeah. years. He's not running for right. rookie of the right. year. I do the he, same thing with Ross. He's run multiple right. seasons. Ross had run, run yeah. multiple cup seasons. Yeah, multiple yeah. Same cl- thing. Full seasons. Yeah. What are you guys talking right. about? And that and, and the guy sitting in the grandstand is like, what do you mean he's been here? <laughs> yeah, he's been here. You know what I mean? Right. It's such a funny game. It's such a funny business. It's hard to really tell. But I will say this. When you, if you, if there's an owner out there willing to take a gamble, Corey moved to the top of the list because at least you know there's four or five races, five or six races now that you got a shot at doing something where you can do something special. All right, so you brought up Ross Chastain's name, and that's where we're going to end up. Yes, I'm probably derelict in my duties as a journalist here that I've waited some 30 plus minutes to get to that's him. okay that's okay. but and so much has been said already i i know i heard a little bit of what you said post-race kp that i i, I said, don't even know what i said I, I think essentially you said that maybe people were being a little too hard yeah on, on him just for being who he is as a racer yeah listen i i think i think he's a guy that's easy to kick right now and and that's how simple it is it's like i said 
if 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 we're in the kitchen and a cookie's gone from the cookie jar, everybody's gonna say <laughs> Ross got blamed. it. Ross yeah. got it, man. What? It had to be Ross. You know what I mean? Because that's just where we're at. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that's fair. I don't I don't think Ross did anything wrong. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know who could look at that and say it was intentional in in the first place. Okay. Right. It, these guys are running fourth and fifth, and I'm gonna t- Ross didn't drive down in the corner and say I'm gonna take Denny out. I mean, he had damage to his car. He got in a bad place. He put himself in a bad place. Okay, I'll put that back on him. He put himself in a bad place where when the thing started pushing to lift, it just takes off more. And and I, I, the average fan and a lot of people don't understand that. Sometimes when you lift and the car loses, it takes a reset. If you're just riding down the road and you mash the gas, see how it throws you back, and then it settles down and let off the gas and see what how the car feels. That, a race car does the same thing. Right. It moves around. Right. When you, the, it, and to let off, it pushes more. He he says he let off a little bit and it got up into him and it is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, it just so happens that once again it's that eleven car. And that's the thing. I mean, uh, to yeah. play devil's advocate a little bit, and this is probably a preview of what you're about to do here on NASCAR American Motor Miles in about twenty minutes. Steve Lutart and Burton would both probably say that he shouldn't have been near the eleven car. That was yeah. the mistake that he put himself in a position where he yeah. could take him out. That he's got to be more cognizant of his surroundings, situational awareness. How would you answer that? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I, I thought they were really hard on him yesterday. I, I thought my colleagues were really hard on <laughs> Ross Chastain. And I'll say it. And I'll yeah. say it to them if we sat in here. Because he, here's the thing. All right. What, what, we, what we are seeing, and, and I, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, and, and the car has magnified it, the new car. The car has accelerated it. Is we are seeing... A, a changing at the top, at the sharp end of the stick here uh, of, of competitors. When you start throwing in Tyler Reddick, when you start throwing in Chase Briscoe, when you start throwing in Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, and these guys are running Eric Jones, and these guys are running top 10 consistent, well, that knocked out Denny Hamlin. That knocked out Kevin Harvick. You know, these guys are running 11th and 12th now. You know what I mean? And listen, I've been there, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. When I was 42, 43, 44, 45 years old, and Denny Hamlin and Jimmy Johnson and all those guys come in, I was pissed off. Yeah. Because they beat me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it, I took it personal. All right? Denny, and I, I'm, I'm not going to even use Denny's name because everybody thinks I hate Denny. I do not hate Denny. I think Denny's one of the greatest race car drivers that ever set in a race car. Uh, I really do. It just so happens right now these two have a magnet, and, and they're, they're doing this. It's, it's kinda, it reminds me of Jimmy Spencer and Kurt Busch when they had a magnet for a <laughs> right, while. Right. And no matter where one would go, the other one was always there. But the thing is, now you're throwing a, a new guy into the mix that you got to race with. And, and Ross is there, man. He's got top tens. He's got top fives. He's got just as many wins as you've got. He is your competitor. He's not some smo that just showed up last year and got in a good car. He is competition. Live with it. Understand it and come to terms with it because you're going to have to race him. You have to race him week in, week out because he's going to be there. You're going to be banging on him. He's going to be banging on you. Back to life. It's a new guy in town. You know what I mean? I, I saw Richard Petty and Kel Yarborough and those guys go through it when Daryl Waltrip come in. I saw all those guys go through it again when Dale Earnhardt Sr. come in. I saw everybody go through it when Jeff Gordon come in and Mark Martin come in. 
You saw everybody go through it when Jimmy Johnson started. It's just a fact, man. You're just somebody's elevated up. Somebody moved up the ladder, and you didn't expect somebody else to be there this year. Yeah. You know, so I, I think a lot of it is 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 that, and I think he's just a whipping boy right now. You know what I mean? And and listen, I'm gonna bet. I would bet dollars to freaking donuts if we just put all the drivers and lined them up, and you took all the owners over here. And we're going to rechoose teams, okay? The NASCAR draft. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're going to just choose teams like a playground, freaking Ross Chastain is going to be at the top. He's been of the most of consistent driver. In he's Cup he's in going to be. Ways. He's going to be first choice. There's going to be five or six owners that are standing there that he's going to be. That's my guy. That's yeah. my guy. And and you're going to say, but you already got. I don't care. That's my guy. You know what I mean? You don't have to kick him in the butt to get him going. He's going. Yeah. You know what I mean? He knows what he needs to do. So, I I just think it's um he's the whipping boy, and. The fans have bought into it. You just got to ride it out, man. Just don't don't let it bother you. Oh, it's good for us. It gives us yeah. a lot to talk about. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it does. Yeah, you're yeah, going to have a lot to talk about on NASCAR American Motor Mouse, which we're up against. I got to let you go. This, yeah, is, okay. this has been really good. It man. has been fun. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. We appreciate Kyle Petty for joining us on the NASCAR and NBC podcast. And as promised, as we alluded to there, this led into a fantastic episode of NASCAR America Motormouths on Monday. Really good debate, discussion, and some sparring, some friendly sparring, between KP, Jeff Burton, Steve Wittart, and Parker Kligerman, the most recent Truck Series winner, joined in for a while as well. If you missed it, you can find the replay of that episode on the Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel, you also can find this episode of the podcast on the NBC Motorsports YouTube channel as we almost always tape the NASCAR and NBC podcast just ahead of Motormouths, which airs Mondays and Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. Thanks as well to NASCAR and NBC producers Emily Conboy and John Barnes for lining up Kyle Petty and coordinating the recording. NASCAR is in New Hampshire Motor Speedway this weekend, all the race coverage is on the USA Network. You can catch the Cup Race broadcast starting with Countdown to Green at 2 p.m. Eastern Sunday. If you have any NASCAR and NBC podcast feedback, you can send it to me on Twitter at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.